Well, good day and welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski alongside. How you doing, D? Hello, Bungo. I'm doing good. It's uh, It's been a week. Yeah. <laughs> but I said it's been a week, but I'm, but I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. Well, that's good. That's good. And so yourself? It's, it's um, Sunday morning slash Sunday afternoon with us right now? Yes. Yeah. Quarter to four. Quarter till four. Interesting. Here it's 944, which makes sense. Seven hour time difference. So you get, it's kind of interesting for you because with football on Sundays, you end up watching the noon games kind of in prime time, correct? Uh, when I can actually find them. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the noon slash one Eastern games uh, are on at seven o'clock here. That's weird. So, yeah, yeah, that's strange. Really that's strange, but you catch up on what's going on in the world a little bit before the rest of us because you're awake when we're asleep. So I guess that's exactly. cool. I'm yeah. in the future. Yeah. So speaking of catching up on things, one thing I caught up on this morning was Saturday Night Live from last night, which was which was a, probably one of their better episodes they've had this year so far. Absolutely, Adele. Holy shit, she's incredible. The so what I wanted to talk about was the Bachelor skit. Like her just singing, you haven't heard Adele sing in so long. And God damn, like I literally had like the smile on my face, tears rolling down my eyes, listening to her sing those goddamn songs. Like well, it, it was ridiculous. It was funny. That was a good skit where she was a contestant on the on the Bachelor, and then um, when things didn't go the way that she wanted, she'd break out into one of her hits. <laughs> yeah, it was good. The drama queen sort yeah, of thing. Like, yeah. Oh my god, it was so perfect. And I'm sitting there laughing crying mm -hmm. at, at the same time like it was one of the best skits in a long time you know if i'm the musical guest though and i can't remember who the musical guest was last night or her I, I, I okay yeah but uh i don't usually watch the musical guests honestly it gives me a chance to skip over something to get through the show a little bit quicker you know unless it's somebody that i know and i didn't know who the artist was last night but you know adele breaks out into tune and sings like that you're like well i might as well not even go out and perform at this point and, and, and I get, I get, you know, she said in the monologue, she was too nervous to be the host and the, the musical guest and her album's not quite finished yet, mm -hmm. but, but God damn. She could have done like, it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I do remember, I do remember back when she uh, was the musical guest was when, when I discovered her, I, I think a friend of mine had, had said, you really should listen to her. And, uh, but then she was a musical guest on Saturday Night Live. And I remember, you know, getting off of work at Kohl's or some shit like that. And, uh, and watching it and just, you know, tears running down my face. Her voice is just beautiful. I didn't realize that she was the musical guest the night that Sarah Palin was on SNL back in 2008. I had no idea because that's not the episode you're talking about. You would have been talking about later than 2008. Yeah. But uh, Oh, no, no, that might have been. Yeah, I guess, Jesus Christ, that was 2008. Well, yeah, I'm, but I think she's probably on again with what you're talking about. If it was when you were getting off work at Kohl's and stuff like that, because that because that was like 2012, I think, or 2010 when um, 
her albums came out that she got really big with, but in 2008, yep. she was still, you know, relatively unknown. And I, d- I didn't realize that she was on there that night, uh, you know, because she wasn't oh. the same, you know, at the same level that she is now, obviously. Yeah. That, I guess that must've been the ne- her next stop. But uh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, just on a note, on a note about SNL really quick though. One thing I'm really, really disappointed about so far this year is Jim Carrey's Joe Biden impersonation. I don't like it. I don't think it's funny. But yeah, they just, they just felt awkward and off. And I think it might be Jim Carrey, actually. Yeah, just he it's almost like him being a being a character like a fire marshal bill or the mask or something like that, as opposed to being Joe Biden. I don't know. It's like he's using another character to channel Joe Biden and it just isn't it isn't funny. And they had cast members and even Woody Harrelson was better at being Joe Biden than a, a Jim Carrey seems to be. Mm-hmm. I mean it's an it's interesting wrinkle to have him, you know, uh on there like that, but but yeah, I, I just don't think it's working as well as Alec Baldwin is as Trump. Best episode of the year so far, yeah. like the uh, the the one with the uh, the fortune teller <laughs> talking. Mm-hmm. They were like end of 2019 going into 2020. That was pretty good too. Right. I also liked the uh, one with Pete Davidson where uh, he sees the ghost in the house, and then at the end, um, she's like, "You've got to go do whatever," and and the, she realizes that he died because the the night costume fell on him. I thought that was kind of funny too. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> or the uh, the best thing about Donald Trump being president is we have things to talk about. Yeah. about that, that political ad, that was pretty good. Too. Yeah, but I did think Keenan Thompson's absolutely spot on with what he said at the end of if Trump doesn't win, Trump's not going anywhere. I mean, I bet no. he still holds. <laughs> I bet he still holds rallies. We keep talking about at work that the that the um, primo thing that could happen for Trump is is that Fox News gives oh. him like his own show, and then he just does the same thing and has an almost a bigger platform, you know, oh, for, for people that want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> okay. Enough of, enough of the political talk. Yeah. Is that better than football listeners? Uh, yeah. I've, I've had some people talk about uh, football being a little overdone on the show, but I don't care. It's not their show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I said, is that better than football? <laughs> people, people need to realize what this show is for is because for about, about um, two or three years after you took this job where you travel around a lot, we barely got to communicate. And so we started this and this is like our way of having a conversation each week. So really you're, you're coming into our lives and listening to us talk about things that we would normally talk about without microphones and recordings and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you got to take it for what it is. This would be a phone call, although we sprinkle in a playlist, yes. which music has always been part of our lives. Basically. Yes. By the way, I do have to uh, have a retraction for the show this week of something I said last week because I seem to have hurt feelings. I was just joking when the dog was in your room and it was whining. And I said, well, it's kind of like having Richie on. I do not really think Richie's a whiner. I was just making a joke. Anyway, I have apologize, you, did, Richie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Homer, you need to reach out to us again. We miss you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We miss you, Homer, regardless. Yeah. So um, anyway, on to our songs this week. We have eight and uh, we're back to a normal going back and forth sort of uh, playlist this week. Um, Next week's episode 20. So we have to figure out what we want to do with that. Maybe we'll do something a little uh, special with our uh, 20th episode. So, um, yeah, we talked about Jagged Little Pill, but that might be put on hold. I think it'd be kind of fun and not in a partisan sort of way because we're not taking sides here between Trump and Biden or Republicans and Democrats or anything like that. And, uh, um, but I think it might be kind of fun to pick our like top eight political songs or songs that have political ties and go over them and kind of what they mean and stuff like that. I think that would be perfect dropping it on the Monday before election day. And, and 
I've got a Sammy Hagar song that we can use. And I know Pearl Jam's got like an entire album of just songs about <laughs> politics. <laughs> got like three albums yeah. filled with political yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. So we can stick with our, keep our normal, uh, normal thing. So then, you know, we can throw in like a rage against the machine and, you know, some things like that. I think we can put together a fun little playlist for next week. So I think that's what we'll do. I like it. I like it. We'll call an audible. Uh, we'll, uh, Richie's also expressed uh, uh, interest in, in coming back on for, you know, the, the nine song playlist, the, the three of us each picking three songs. Yeah, so that'd be that'd cool be funny to bring back again since he did the Beatles episode and the Nirvana episode. So he's, he's missed on a, on an actual playlist one. So, well, so we'll it do. is episode 20. So maybe we could each pick three political songs for next week. Sure. Yeah, sure. We'll talk to him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, 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 it's no. all good. Yeah. Let's get into this week's. Um, you start off, um, we've got Pearl Jam leading the way as usual when we do a show like this. So go for it. Corduroy off of the 1994's uh, Psychology. Never actually releasing the single. I didn't realize that. Of course, I don't own the single, so I should know that. But uh, uh, an amazing song. Yeah. How fucking great is this song? No, this the song just all around is is good. I mean, it, it's um got a lot of different uh potential meanings to it, I suppose. The one that the one that they said on uh on the notes that you sent out was not necessarily what I what I thought the song was actually about. Which one? The the jacket or the 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 girlfriend? The girlfriend. Yeah, no, no, that was news to me, but it, it also but it fits. You know, you can see where it is, and and he likes to be ambiguous with his lyrics. Anyhow, he likes, like you have said on the show before, like you like to put your own spin on on songs. Uh, you want them to mean to you what they mean to you. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to know what the song was actually about. Uh, and you're referring to uh, Better had a girlfriend before Pearl Jam became famous. He chose Pearl Jam over her, and he now regrets the decision. And wishes he could change it. Well, that wasn't um, even that wasn't even what I was talking about. Actually, I was talking about that it's not about a girlfriend. There's about three different ways to interpret this. Earlier in oh. the thing, it says it's about a relationship, but not between two people. It's more one person's relationship with a million people, and kind of oh, like how they part. how they try to um, how they try to uh, like. It's kind of like him talking to the audience almost, you know, and and I can oh. only be who I can be type of a thing. It's exactly that. It's it's the same album that not for you is on, you know, he's telling people like, like there was corduroy is a reference to the corduroy jacket he wore on like the MTV VMAs or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Ricky Martin of all people on general hospital is dressed up like a grunge guy in that same corduroy jacket. Hmm. And then all of a sudden this jacket that he bought at a thrift store for like 12 bucks is selling for $600. Mm-hmm. Just because Eddie Vedder fucking wore it. That is funny because this week I had, we had two of our friends both send me the same link to Dixon Flannel Company selling the Eddie, like a limited edition flannel shirt. Oh, wow. That's based on uh, a flannel shirt that Eddie Vedder wore at some performance. And uh, it's a good looking shirt. And I fucking bought it. Of course you did. Of course, sixty dollars. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. But but what was so funny? Is, uh, excuse me. The uh, the dog had a sock of money. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I'm doing ex- it, it, the fact that we chose this song, and I bought that shirt on Friday, and we chose this song, and I'm actually just as fucking guilty 
as the people he's ridiculing in this fucking song. Hey, he would rather starve than eat your bread, D. He would rather starve than eat. I said, Eddie Vedder would rather starve than eat your bread now that you bought that shirt. (laughs) That is a lyric. For those who don't know, that's a lyric from the song. So I'm not crazy. Everything has changed, Sean. Absolutely nothing has changed. (laughs) But no, no, this this song I've always thought, you know, was about the fact that, uh, you know, the reluctant rock star. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it's the Kurt Cobain syndrome. It's the, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, why do you look at me like this? Why are you treating me this way? I'm a normal dude that just sings songs. And, uh, uh, and now you're selling my fucking jacket for $600. Like that's, it's messed up. Yeah. But it, it, it's an amazing song. Yeah. I know uh, it is a good song. It's, it's one you want to listen to when you're pissed off about something. Yes. I don't want to be held in your debt. I paid off in blood. Uh, they can buy, but can't put on my clothes. But you know what's funny as we go through this, and and I think there are there's probably some listeners who could relate with what I'm going to say on this when it comes to Pearl Jam is, <laughs> you know, as we as we do these and you and you send the lyrics and stuff. As I read them, I realize that I don't know half the lyrics to Pearl Jam songs <laughs> because I mean he mumbles a lot. You know he it's does. Yeah, yeah. He, he does mumble a lot, and you and it's kind of like these songs almost become like new songs to me, songs I've heard for years and years because I can understand yes. them a little bit better because I'm reading the lyrics. But and, and that's the fun thing about some of these songs is is like we joke about misheard lyrics or we have before, and uh, when you're actually sitting down, spending a week with a song, looking at notes, looking at the lyrics. Uh, Oh, I forgot that uh, this part didn't come through. The uh, uh, take my or pictures, spill my tincture. That part, like, like I remember, it took me forever to realize that was the actual lyric to that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you almost don't know unless you and yeah, unless you listen to it or read them. I should yeah. say, not listen to it, but yeah. Uh, also, also, so this weekend, uh, October 22nd, 1990 was the very first show Pearl Jam had. So they, their 30th official 30th anniversary, you know, from their live gig. So they streamed, uh, on Nugs, uh, TV, their Philadelphia show from 2016, where they played 10 back. They started the show with 10 all the way through. And I'm, I'm about halfway through the concert, uh, but it's so fucking good. Is Just that like a is, is that a purchase or is that a uh, is that yeah, a yeah, uh, yeah. watch? Okay. Yeah, it, it was fifteen bucks. But yeah, Nugs is yeah. Nugs is um that's where the Sammy show was that I was talking about last week. Oh, and some sure. some shows on there are free, but it just depends. But you can also get like a subscription to it where you can watch all of it. So I don't I'm not really there yet wanting to do that. But no, no, and and, and nor am I. But uh, uh, I had yeah no it's but. Like goddamn, I miss live music. I know we've talked about this a hundred mm-hmm. times. Yeah, this year, but uh, yeah. and finally, D lost his mind. We knew it was going to happen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> are you sure that? Are you sure that dog's real? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. You're not just like you heard her. Everybody I, heard her. I haven't step. seen the dog yet this time, though. All I hear you is griping about somebody running around with the sock, and I haven't with seen it, sock. so I'm just wondering if it's real or not. <laughs> the magic sock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. It, I just the the whole the the fact that 
in this week, you know, I've listened to the song probably a dozen times. Uh -huh. and, and it's about people taking advantage of his image. And I bought a fucking flannel shirt for $60 called the Eddie. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, no, that's fucking fantastic. It is funny. Like, only in 2020 would something like this happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next song's your song. Yeah, the next song. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even understand this song even remotely. I, I don't. You. I've I've listened to it and listened to it. I like it. I'm not gonna lie. It's Counting Crows song off of their 2014 album called Somewhere Under Wonderland, and the song's called Scarecrow. It was the second single released off of it, and it's great. It's melodically, it's a great song. It's fun to listen it's to. Fun. It's fun to sing along with. You know, absolutely. I have no idea what this song's about whatsoever. <laughs> I was. That's what I, that was one of the things I was like, dude, I have no, I, I can't, I can't, I look everywhere <laughs> to try to get some sort of exclamation on this yeah. song. And, and I have no fucking idea, but it's a great goddamn song. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. That's the only the thing I can think of is I'm a scarecrow. Does that mean he's pushing people away? But then the lyrics like tell a different story and I, my arms, where's the line? Uh, I got the arms to reach you. I got the arms to teach you, you know, and, you know, and I'm picturing a scarecrow, you know, arms out and, and like pushing people away, but I'm trying to reach you and teach you. Is he telling her to run? I, I have no idea. I have absolutely, none. absolutely no clue. None. <laughs> I mean, but it's a great fucking song. If anybody knows, by all means, get a hold of us on either Please, Facebook or Instagram. Got, if you have an idea. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we've got nothing. So it's a good song though. I would highly recommend listening to it on the, on the playlist. I think once you get the words down, it's fun to fun to sing along with. It's just, you're not going to understand what it's about, but it'll be kind of fun. It's, it's a, yeah. Uh, he talks about Russians. Uh, and a pink Ro Rolls Royce. <laughs> and a pink Rolls Royce. Yeah. Spaceman, scarecrow, pink show, freak show. Corners the market on American taste. And, and like, I know it's counting crows and I know he's got to have, she was married alive in a Moscow surgery. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Spy versus spy, scarecrow not. Out of the darkness where the bomber jets fly, sing spaceman smoke show, scarecrow draw. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it, it is, it is a fun fucking song. And that's our second song off this album that I didn't really listen to for like two years after it came out. Yeah. No, it's a good song, though. I mean, it's fun, like I said, yeah. but it just doesn't make any sense. The next song, though, not because I don't want to beat the drum on that for too long because we obviously don't know what it's about, but we like it. Um, but the yeah. next song does make a lot of sense. And, and what I tried to do with the songs that I picked this week, if you couldn't tell was to pick some more fresh songs that weren't from the, the nineties necessarily, or from the eighties or whatever. I picked songs that were within the last like six or seven years. And this next song also came out in 2014 and it's by a band that is, is starting to be more well-known all the time. I saw them and learned about them for the first time in 2017 when they opened for the Foo Fighters in Champaign. When I saw oh, them, they were the opening act. And I'm going to tell you what, they blew it off the stage. You know, they came out and just rocked it. And uh, I was like, man, the Foo Fighters, even though the Foo Fighters are amazing, they were going to have a hard time keeping up that momentum because uh, the Struts is who I'm talking about, just had such momentum. They're an English rock band. And um, if you get a chance to see them, you hear a lot of times that there's, 
that rock music is not as alive as it used to be. And uh, this is one of the newer bands that people say could bring it back to more of a more of a mainstream feel than what maybe it is right now. But this song's called Kiss This, and it's off the um, their debut studio album, Everybody Wants. And I would say that this is just a, a really fun song to listen to. This is exactly one of those songs that we would have been, we say this every week about songs, you know, driving around in Benny, mm-hmm. windows down, Mountain Dew, Marble Red just fucking screaming mm-hmm. you know like it's so fucking good uh it, 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 and it's and it's such an uplifting sort of song too in a uh in a way where it's it's a and there's a bit of a theme here uh with some of these songs and and this fits into it where it's uh he got screwed over and this is like no fuck you i'm not dealing with this shit this is done kiss this kiss my ass and basically yeah what he means yeah here let's listen to this for just a second Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. that's just fun. So, so, I, I don't know what instrument there is that they're making. They're making that sound in between when he's singing, but it's cool. <laughs> it kind of adds to the song quite a bit. I really, I really like that. It it takes it to the next level. So, so let me know if you agree with me or not. So, this sounds like Thomas turned this guy's girl against him yep. and started dating him, dating her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then they both realize they fucked up, and it's a uh, like no, you, you fucked me over. We're not doing this anymore. Kiss my ass. Yeah, the friend the friend comes back first from the way it reads yes. and is like, hey, can we be friends again? He's like, no. And then the girl comes back a little bit later on in the song, and he's like, hell no. <laughs> you know? Thomas said sorry, coming home crawling. Don't didn't give a shit before. He stole for me, so I'm gone for good. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Getting back from these no second chances. Another phone call ignored. You're back from me, but I'm gone for good. Yeah, no, I think it's a great song. I I don't have a lot more to say about it than that. It's just kind of in your face, and it's fun. And uh, I think um, as this band keeps releasing more albums, they're probably going to get more and more popular when they tour in the United States. It was so fun when you sent me your choices. Like I hadn't listened to the song in probably two or three years. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, son, turned me on to this song. And uh, I was just like, uh, wow, fuck, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. well, I, I should probably listen to the radio or, or <laughs> expand my horizons a little bit more. But that's so cool that you saw them in concert. And, and this is that's what turned you on. That's to. the only reason that I know who they were is, you know, is yeah. because I saw them open up and I was like, man, they're, they're fun. And so I started listening to, I mean, I don't know a lot of their music. I'm not going to pretend yeah, like I do, but there's another song off this album. We'll probably have on a future, uh, future episode of the show. That's also, also really good. But, um, yeah, you could have seen them too. You were invited to that concert. Was that, you said 2017. Yeah. That was the champagne concert that you couldn't go to. So one of my friends from Peoria went with me instead. Yeah, I remember that was back when. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, 2017 was weird. I had goddamn that year. I had tickets to Flaming Lips, Food Fighters. Uh, I guess Pearl Jam was 2016, and I missed all of those fucking shows. Florence and the Machine. 
Yeah. We need to yeah. talk about her eventually too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of tears from a voice, goddamn. Uh, yeah. No. So that's a great song. I was so surprised that you picked that uh, in a good way. Like, fuck yeah, that's an amazing song, and I hadn't listened to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ending side B is a uh, or side A is a uh, Vaseline by Stone Temple Pilots. How great is this fucking song? It is a good song. I hadn't heard it in a long time, to be quite honest. Yeah, you know, like for years and years and years. But it was a, it was a good, uh, a good listen to. And um, the thing that stuck out to me about it the most is where it came from originally. Not what it's about necessarily, but where it came from originally. You were talking about misheard lyrics earlier, and this is the epitome of that. That in here in the notes, it says that Scott Weiland confirmed that the key line in the song came from a misheard lyric his parents put on the Eagles song "Life in the Fast Lane," and Weiland thought that they were singing "Flies in the Vaseline," and so that's why where, where it came from. I think that's awesome that he literally made a song out of misheard lyrics, and, and, and a song that deep down is really fucking powerful. Yeah, you know, as as fun as it is. And this, you know, we talked about that, uh, that, uh, that period, uh, in school, in high school, where we would watch MTV in this white room. And, uh, and this was one of those songs that was on there and, and he would do the whole, the weird little dance. Yeah. 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 And every time the song came, comes on, every time I listen to it, I can't help. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like Axel. It's kind of like when a Guns N' Roses song comes on, you got to kind of sway your shoulders like Axel. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this was one of those songs that would pop up there too. And uh, uh, the line, what's one time opening the song, one time a thing occurred to me, what's real and what's for sale sets a tone for the entire fucking song. You know, like he's talking about, he's not actually talking about selling out. He's talking about selling out his feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, lying to people about his drug addiction and and and, and uh, can you hear the, the whining? I can. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell but, uh, Le- tell Leah we line. just need to get through this song and then we'll take a quick break and you can pay attention to her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, no. And and this album actually, uh, I think it was last year, the twenty fifth anniversary. Wow, man. Yeah, we're fucking old, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. It's uh. But the, the the record, the, the deluxe version of that vinyl is so fucking good. Uh, and Interstate Love Song pops up on the, the Spotify thing after the playlist all the time. Yeah. So we're going to have to discuss that eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing about this too, though, I thought was interesting is that they, the word Vaseline, um, and I looked, I, I did a little bit of research on this too, after I was reading that about the word Vaseline being spelled like a combination of Vaseline and gasoline, because that makes napalm. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting take. I don't, I don't really, when I read the lyrics to the song, you can kind of interpret it in different ways because of that, you know, not just the under the magnifying glass and all of that kind of stuff, but also, you know, an explosive life and you know all of that kind of stuff too so you know that i i I think if you this song can have double interpretation when you take into the account of how that word is spelled and what that means exactly you say the looking will see the lies will eat the lies and will i mean that's that's the napalm part of that is the drug addiction like that's 
in, in incinerate, incinerating everything in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's lying about it. And, uh, you know, at, so let's see, 2014. So we would have been, or 1994, that would have made us, uh, what, 16, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got math done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good job. We, yeah, we had no idea, you know, this is what he was dealing with and this is what the song was about. We just knew that it had a great fucking... But all of a sudden... <laughs> that was good, right? I don't know what that meant. <laughs> that was that's the fucking beat of the song. I know that, but it... <laughs> but it, back then, that's all we cared about was how fun that song was. Like that. <laughs> oh man, I wish people could have seen the video of that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh people could see the video of half the shit that goes on on my end. Yeah, like, you're you're just a fucking blank wall. I've got. <laughs> fingers <laughs> oh man this show's off the rails today Ugh. we need richie to come on next week just to ground us a little bit jeez yeah to be the right the perfect host for the show <laughs> <laughs> it's richie's good tape featuring sean and d <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the life in the fast lane part. And, uh, what's the other thing? Yeah. I think your dog's... It's about, I, junkie. It's about lying to Janina, his first wife, and lying to the band about my heroin addiction. And in, in 1994, I would never have guessed that. No, all. no. Nor would we have cared, honestly. We, we wouldn't have cared about that. I, well, I think we would have, actually. I, I've got his biography at home, his autobiography at home, but I, ha- I have not read it yet, just like you know, all the books and video games that I buy that I don't ever finish. But, hmm. but Leia, do you need a break? Leia needs yeah, a break. Yeah, I was going to say, this might be a good time yeah. to <laughs> flip it to side B. All right, we'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to side B of Sean and D's Good Tape this week. Uh, next song on the list is one that I personally really, really like. It's been out for a few years now. This was my pick. And this song is called Run by the Foo Fighters off of their 2017 Concrete and Gold album. It was the first single on that album, which actually got released the last time I was here in Germany. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, a great song. What is your interpretation of it? That's tough. It's like I, Scarecrow. I, I don't yeah. have a great interpretation of it. I mean, it, there there's so many different ways you can uh, you can kind of look into this song. I think you can delve into this a little deeper than Scarecrow. You know, you can try to latch on to a few things. I mean, there's there's people that are running from something. You you can tell by some of like the hounds are on the chase and some of the things that that they have in there, but then there's other times where it doesn't seem anything like that. And, and, and like the, the songs that you enjoy, like this is like two completely different songs. Like mm-hmm. it goes from the melodic, uh, wake up mm-hmm. part run for your life with me into the, the Dave girl screaming thing. Yeah. The screech. And, uh, oh my gosh. And, and the fact that the man's like 55 or 56 years old, just like Sammy Hagar, like, like, just never ages like he seems to be the same dave girl that was in 1996 right yeah at least the at least the foo fighters dave girl 
you know, maybe yes, not Nirvana exactly. Dave Grohl because he wasn't really prominent in Nirvana as much. But uh, but yeah. Uh, before I go on the sidebar, we'll discuss this on a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, but it, it it could be running away from your problems. It could be run with me. I'll take care of you. It could be run away from the shit storm that is America in 2017. You know, at that time, it could be anything, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, it and won a, it won a lot of awards <laughs> for best rock performance. Um, it won a Grammy for best rock song. Um, or it was nominated for. Did it win? No, it was nominated yeah. for the 2018 Grammy, but it won the Billboard U.S. Mainstream Rock. It was on the charts. Oh, it did win the Grammy for best rock yeah, song. Yeah, I was just saying, I'm pretty sure it won. The I'm Grammy. sorry, I read it wrong. The song was the Grammy Award for best rock song. It was nominated for best rock performance. That's where I was getting confused because there was two Grammys that they were up for. <laughs> for it. the the uh, coolest thing about it to me is the at the beginning when it's when it's uh, uh, let me just play it because I think I can. I don't think I can do it justice by uh, by saying what I'm talking about. So this is the melodic part you were talking about. These drums. guitar yeah it t- sounds like a totally different song now so I, I was surprised you picked this one off that album but then i listened to it again which had been a minute since i listened to it and, and made me think about your uh your penchant for uh the songs that have two different sides to them like this one so the drums uh, i, I want to go back to the drums really quick before i before i lose that thought is the drums when i when i saw them on the in the show when they played this it was the opener it was the very first song they played and they had like this screen cage thing around the stage and they were behind it you know where when the cameras were looking at them because they had a big video board cameras were looking at them they almost looked like they were you know like encased in something and on the video board, it was all in black and white. They were shooting it in black and white. So when he would hit those drums, the lights would just start going crazy, like white light all around, you know? And then, then when they hit the part where they changed the tempo, you know, with the, uh, you know, when they, you know what we just heard where it sounds like it's a totally different song. That's when everything opened up and they just started, they started rocking. But all I can remember is every time Taylor Hawkins would hit those drums really hard, the white lights would just start sparking across the entire arena. It was really cool. It was, it was just one of those, that's probably, you know, between the concert we went to in 2011 and the concert in 2017, that's the thing that sticks out. That's different was, was that, that particular song. Cause the rest of it, they did it. They did a few songs off this new album, but they still played most of the songs that were on that 2011 album, wasting light, you know, so the concerts were very similar to each other, except for run run was the thing that really stuck out to me as different. And you got you got to hear some Sonic Highway songs probably too. They did right? not play one Sonic Highway song. It was so strange to me because I expected to serious? hear them. They did not play one. It was very weird. 
wow. Because yeah. those songs are made to be played live. Oh, I, I agree. And I was expecting to hear them. I, I, As much as I like Wasting Light, I think Wasting Light, besides the color and the shape, is probably their best album, like hands down. It might even compete with color and the shape in terms of how much I like it. But I was I was, I was, was thinking about that earlier, too. Uh, uh, speaking of special shows from earlier, is that uh, color and the shape might need its own show. Yeah, no, it's it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Or we yeah. do a Foo Fighters show and do top, top Foo Fighters yeah. songs or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, I was really surprised by that too that there was no Sonic Highway songs because there's some really really good songs on there, no doubt about it. First track, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so the uh, what was I? That's <laughs> my train of thought, which isn't hard to do. Um, this, yeah. So when I was here in a in 2017 in Germany. Uh, this album, uh, Villains by Queens of the Stone Age and uh, and the Pearl Jam Let's Play 2 album all came out. And uh, it was, yeah, that was just a fun time. Like yeah. I could walk around this city for hours because I had no car or, or corporate card. Uh, that's all I could do was walk around and I would walk around and listen to those three albums over and over and over again. And it was fucking amazing to have those three come out at that same time. Absolutely. And exploring a city like that, it's pretty fun too. You know, oh, to yeah. put yes. all that a together. A place where you've never been. Uh, have you seen this video by any chance? The vi- No, I don't think so. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's a weird one. It's uh, like they're all dressed up as old men playing at a, a retirement home. And the, the run for your life with me is like all these old retirement people running you know taking off from mm-hmm. the retirement community it's a uh, it's really odd it's i mean it's right in line with the foo fighters videos but uh uh you know where they like to get a little silly with it but it's uh yeah it's it's definitely different yeah no i'm i uh I uh, I don't watch videos that much anymore cuz I don't think about them because they're not you know at top of mind you have to search for them now if you're oh, going to yeah, look for I them live- so, I live in a goddamn hotel, so I, I sit there, you know, like during the week, I'll sit and actually watch these videos. And- yeah, but no, I will. I will check that out, though, because I would like to see it and just another perspective on it, you know, so I think that would be cool. So, um, yeah, uh, good song, though. And then, um, you know, the next two songs that we've got are both over both years, so I'll hand it back off to you. Uh, the next song is Fiona Apple's Sleep to Dream. I, I don't know how familiar you are with Fiona Apple. Not really. Not. I mean, yeah. I, I remember her from when they played her on the radio a little bit back in this time frame that this came out, um, but not tremendously familiar. I, I had what, not. What, I had not remembered hearing this song before I listened to it earlier this week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it was one of her singles. Uh, what'd you think of it? It was okay. I didn't. I mean, it wasn't like the best song I've ever heard, but I think it had its. It had its moments you know, during it, her voice is a little different. You know, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to after you haven't heard it for a long time. It's just not your, I adore her. no, it's, it's not bad. It's just different. I'm not, don't, don't take that as a, as a knock on her at all. It's just different. And it took a little while to, um, to kind of get used to her sound and her vibe. You don't hear a lot of, a lot of female artists that are this, um, uh, this alternative, I suppose too often, you know, like this grunge, you know, as, as she was in that era. And she apparently wrote this song like in her teens and it's, could you imagine 
having anything with the depth, writing anything with the depth of this when you were 14 or 15 years old? No, he said, yeah, it said she came up with the line sleep to dream when she was 14. Not, no, absolutely not. But it also, you also wonder what, um, what maybe she was going through at that point in her life compared to what most people go through at that point in their life. I mean, you have to have something to spark it or you have to have seen something to spark it. Not necessarily that she had a bad life. Cause I don't know, but, but maybe somebody else or a book that she read or something like that. And maybe she was just a deeper thinker than most 14 year olds. And, and she obviously was. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, and again, without knowing the, the specifics, but she just nails emotions so goddamn well. Mm-hmm. This. And, and and all of her subsequent albums. This is off her first album title, uh, and I saw her at that at that first Q101 Christmas show that I went to. Uh, uh, Shadow Boxer. Do you remember that song? I don't. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. And she just put out a new album this year too. It, it's it's amazing. So I wanted to bring bring that up too. But uh, what this song is. Go ahead. But but this song is just like I'm embarrassed as a 42 year old man to be like, holy shit, this girl at that age was this emotionally available. Like she could just express her feelings. Like I I, I can't do that now. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that I, I, I like the thing in the notes about how Macy Gray, the, the singer tried to cover the song, but found it really difficult to do because as she said, quote, her songs are so moody. And if you take it out of that, it doesn't sound right. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing when another singer who has a, has a great voice, whether you like Macy Gray's music or not, she does have a really good voice, you know, couldn't, couldn't take it and interpret it to, uh, to make it work because she didn't want to take away from the original material. That's how, how good the song, how well written at least that the song is. And, and and if if you can do that and uh, all right sidebar, mm-hmm. so Seven Dust has got a new album coming out. Remember we saw them open up for Kid Rock uh, yeah. in Peoria, actually before you lived in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I believe that was actually the first time I was ever in Peoria, if I remember right. Is that right? Yeah, uh, you didn't go to any of the the basketball games or nothing like mm-hmm. that there. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so and oh, they did a cover of a Skinnerd song when I was in the bathroom. What? What was that? Oh gosh, I don't remember. That's been twenty years ago. We were there for Kid Rock, not so much Seven Dust at the time. So yeah, I just remember Seven <laughs> Dust. Uh, you know, talk about sidebar. Seven Dust was so loud. <laughs> Seven Dust was so loud that they were echoing off the back wall of the Peoria Civic Center so hard that you really could not understand hardly anything that was going on. Even their songs that we knew, because there was like two or three songs at that point yeah. that they had that were hits. We couldn't hardly tell what, what was what because it was just so loud. And we were sitting at the very back too, right against that wall. Cause we got, yeah, cause we, we got, bought our tickets last minute. Yeah. And we were sitting up at the top with that concrete wall right behind us. And I think that's probably why it was so hard for us to understand what was going on. But then the weird thing was kid rock started playing and he sounded great. You know, there was, it was like, they always make the opening acts not sound as good as the main artists, no matter who they are, it seems like. And that was certainly a case of that or just seven dust is that loud. One of the two. I can't wait to, I, I think it was Simple Man, actually, the Leonard Skinner song that they played. Okay. Does that sound right? I don't, I really, I really don't remember. I really I have just no remember idea. taking a piss and being at the toilet hearing, uh, uh, or urinal, hearing the, uh, uh, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm missing. <laughs> you always song. do that. You always I know, do that. I the know. Exact wrong it was time. a why go 
it was why go at Pearl Jam in 20, uh, the, whatever. The year. whole crowd singing along to it and just going yeah. crazy. And I'm, I'm, I'm fucking waving in line in the goddamn bathroom. <laughs> and I got back and you're like, they played why go. You missed it. <laughs> yeah. And I was oh, the only one it. there because, because our friend Josh was somewhere else too. And I was the only one there. And I'm like, why am I the only one here to see this? Cause it was honestly, that was one of the best songs that they, the way that they played it, that they played that night. So it's just funny. Anyhow, going back to Fiona Apple. <laughs> That's who we were talking about, right? Yeah. This was the video that she won the VMA for where she did her uh, little tirade. This world is bullshit and you shouldn't model your life about what you think that we think is cool and what we're wearing and what we're saying and everything. She told the Sun Crown, go with yourself. This goes back to corduroy message. Uh, you know, I bought a $60 goddamn flannel shirt, you know, even though we're talking about the song. But this also ties into, uh, uh, I think, Scarecrow and and other songs, you know, like this is a, a lost love. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're having a time, uh, man. <laughs> the, struts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the struts song, you know, like the, yeah. like, I'm done with you. This is, you know, this is over. This, we don't have anything to do with anymore which takes us to our next song I, I would like to say though those those words that she said before we go to the next song the thing about the world being bullshit and you shouldn't model your life after what's cool and stuff that's really good advice it really truly she, is and she was mocked for that yeah in, in, in back then like like she was literally ridiculed like she didn't release her next album for years because she was just so insecure about the way she was treated over saying that that being that honest moment like it's it's fucked up yeah i think status is one of the things one of the things most in life that can really screw a kid up for a really long time is when maybe their parents don't have as much money as somebody else's does and they can't get the get the cool device or the cool clothes or whatever and that they are mocked for it that kind of makes you insecure and, and leads you to believe that you aren't good enough at a very very young age and you know I don't care how much you can put up walls and stuff like that. Things that happen to you when you are a teen, you know, which she was when she wrote this song, you know, those things hang with you for the rest of your life. Things that happen to you as a kid. So yeah, I, I think that's great that she's saying that and letting, letting people know, letting kids know, particularly that we're listening to her at that time. You know what? Don't worry about it. When people are saying crap like that, it doesn't matter. It, it's not going to do anything for you later in life, stuff like that. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, the other rumor about the song is that it's maybe written about Marilyn Manson, who uh, apparently in his autobiography, he wrote about being obsessed with her after he saw the criminal video, which, you know, sexualized the young woman uh, inappropriately. And, and, and there was controversy around that too, but uh, but like the deviant ways line in the song, and uh, I got my own hell, uh, what's the line? I have it highlighted. But yeah, yeah, no, but, it, but and it may or may not be related to him, but if she wrote it at 14, then there's no way that's about him. No, I wouldn't think. But that's, or, but that's, a that's fun said, little. That said, where that said, where it's the origins were, where that line came from. Not that she necessarily wrote the whole thing, then though. So sure, yeah, it could it could be partially based on him, out of that's an true. idea that she had before. You know, 
coming into um, something in the next song that you know that you have on there with Queens of the Stone Age, a couple of the songs that, including the one that we're going to talk about, they say that the ideas for the songs came five or six years before, and they just don't get in a hurry, and then they all of a sudden have their masterpiece that they want it to be because they allow things to kind of marinate, and maybe that's what she did with this song. That's a perfect segue into the next song. Uh, no One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age off of Songs for the Dead. Uh, this was the album where Dave Grohl played drums for Queens of the Stone Age uh, when Foo Fighters were in a, in a rocky spot because Taylor Hawkins had just overdosed it. And uh, Dave Grohl took a step back and went to his buddy, Josh Homme, who, uh, and you watch Sonic Highways, right? Yes. And and did you ever watch Anthony Bourdain's shows? No, no. Uh, uh, Josh Homme just seems like a fucking chill and awesome dude. Like everybody wants to be friends with him, just like Dave Grohl. And and but but this song, I remember hearing it like for the first time. Like fuck, this is great. <laughs> this is mm. amazing. And that whole album, which is kind of a concept album, it's a it, it's like a drive. Like it's it's a playlist essentially, and it's so fun that that radio part at the end of it you'll hear on the playlist and you've heard on the playlist uh, is is what that's about. But uh, but it's so fucking good. Yeah, it, it is really really good. One thing that I will say, you know, the the interpretation of the song being about um, his relationship with the lead singer of the Distillers. Do you say her name Brody Ballet? Is that right? Dow. Brody Dell. Doll. Doll. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I meant to say Dolly, not ballet. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to say it. I've never heard of the distillers before until I was reading this. I are, is there something I should know about the distillers? I just, I don't, I'm not familiar with their music. No, there, there was a couple of songs on QLC. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll look that up and send it to you and you'll be like, and, and so, so what you're referencing is, is, she was dating or married to uh, Tim Armstrong from Rancid and uh, uh, started having an affair with Josh Homme, uh, the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. And, and you know, there's some people that think that this, this is what the song is about, like the, the gift that you give to me, no one knows. Uh, and, it's, and if that's the case, it's a well-written poem right up yeah. there with Fiona Apple. Yeah, absolutely. I also love the guitar in this song. It really, it's just such an interesting guitar riff that it, it's kind of where the, a song like this in the early two thousands is where alternative music started morphing just a little bit from where it was, you know, where it was prior, you know, with like a, a Foo Fighters sound is a little bit more clean than what this sounds like. It sounds like a little bit more like a, a dirty alternative and, and kind of like a Jack White, you know, White Stripes type of a thing. Music just changed just a little bit. And, and Queens of the Stone Age and the White Stripes, I think, are two of the bands that kind of made the change start happening with a sound like this. Oh, that's a great. Yeah. No, Foo Fighters is more classic rock. Song. Right. Like they're more in your face sort of thing where uh, Queens of the Stone Age, them cricket vultures, the, the Josh Hobby projects are all uh, in, in that uh, true alternative vein. Yeah. 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 It's just um, yeah, even, even Pearl Jam is more classic rock sounding than than alternative now. Yes, but I, it, I would agree. But again, alternative becomes normal, becomes classic rock and, and therefore. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's all, it's all a big uh yeah that's interesting yeah it's a good way to put it so yeah this is a good song though and and um if you've never heard it which i mean this got a lot of radio airplay so i imagine most people listening have probably heard it before except for those who aren't necessarily rock fans that just listen to us for fun which is cool too but check it out on the playlist i think uh i think you won't be disappointed in it and and, and that's the thing too is uh we'll give uh, let me get back to that song in a minute but uh if if it any one of these playlists can turn you on to an artist or a song or something like that, that God damn it. How fucking cool is that? Mm-hmm. Like if we have one person become a fan of Pearl Jam or Sammy Hagar, just for listening to our, our fucking uh, bullshit. Every week, it's, it's, it's so much fucking fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the drummer thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So Dave girl, is the goddamn best rock and roll drummer right now. Uh, I'm not going to say of all time, but right now, there's nobody better than him. And he doesn't even play drums in his own band because the third best drummer in rock and roll right now plays drums in his band, Taylor Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And this is going to take me to a, a... Matt Cameron. I was going to ask you the second best drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm waiting. I, I, I can't. It's Matt Cameron from Pearl Jam slash Soundgarden slash yeah. Temple of the Dog. Like, I'm watching this Philly show, and this guy is amazing. And you've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's fucking good. So fucking good. I would put Chad Smith with the Chili Peppers up there on that oh. list too, though, somewhere because he's, he's an amazing drummer too. Uh, that reminds me, going back to the Fiona Apple song, is uh, on that track, Matt Chamberlain, who was the bridge drummer between uh, uh, Jack Irons and Matt Cameron for Pearl Jam, actually played drums on that track, Sleep to Dream. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And Matt Chamberlain also played, was Matt Cameron's replacement on the Soundgarden tour that I saw, me and uh, our friend Brandon saw, where they opened up for Nine Inch Nails. And, uh, uh, that we've talked about on the show. So yeah, it's all a big family. That's funny. Yeah. Everything, everything kind of comes together, kind of connects somehow. That's funny. Uh, so in closing Queens of the Stone Age is one of my favorite bands right now. They're impressive live. I saw them open for nine inch nails. I saw them, uh, headline a show at the Aragon where we saw, uh, counting crows and, uh, what year was that? 1999. Yeah. See, I, I'd love that you remember all the shit. <laughs> uh, okay. Last song. Okay. Last song is mine and it's our Sammy Hagar song for the week. And it's actually off of the album that he came out with last year, which I got to give a little bit of backstory on this to make this song completely make sense. The album that came out last year um, was a concept album. And if you, you really have to listen to the whole thing to kind of make all of it make complete sense, but this is the end of the album. And it's basically about this guy who, and I had to listen to this quite a bit to completely understand where it was going, but the album is about this guy who's basically been overrun by, by money and greed and, and all of that stuff that's kind of, uh, can kind of turn your life in a bad direction. As Sammy has said, money is not bad in itself. It's when you do bad things with the money that it turns into. And basically the album is about him finding, finding the, um, peace in life to realize that 
all of the fame and fortune and all of that stuff doesn't matter as much. It really matters about having a, a good life and having good people around you and doing things the right way and all of that stuff. And the final, it's not the final song. It's the second to last song on the album. Affirmation is kind of when he comes to the realization that this is, I finally looked at the man in the mirror and I know what I need to be and I've kind of figured it all out and I need to give back and, and have good friends and be kind and all of that kind of stuff. This song actually serves up a really nice, uh, a nice song that a lot of people should pay attention to right now with where we're at in the current status of our country. I am so glad you brought that, that up, that it's part of the concept album because like the first few times I listened to the song, I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, mm-hmm. like this is a weird, one of those, you know, Sammy Hagar songs that I just toss away. Uh, but I was uh, working out the other day and, and, and listening to this song and the lines, uh, uh, you got to unplug, laugh out loud, be bright, pay attention, touch things, make friends, love, don't judge, believe, don't hate. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is just you know, a blues riff and he's doing his thing with it. And it, and that's a message that needs to be said right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm curious to listen to the rest of the album, actually. To, you know, it's, it, 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 it. I'll be, I'll give you a quick album review really quick. So you kind of know where my thoughts are with it. It starts off with a song called, called the devil. The, hold on a second. I got it. It's something about the devil. The devil came to Philly and he's basically talking about how this guy's just consumed with hate and, and bad things. And it kind of progresses from there. It's about halfway through that it gets to where I'm like, okay, I'm into this. The first few songs, I don't like that much to be quite honest as he's, they're talking about where he's at this dark place in life. When he starts coming out of it, the songs start getting a lot better. So I, I will tell you that I usually skip the first like three or four when I'm listening to it and go to about the middle of the album. Well, how much tequila is he trying to sell with this? Nothing. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, no, but but like I said, like the the first few times listening to the song, I was just like, God, this just doesn't match up right, and uh, like it just didn't sound right. And with a lot of the Sammy Hagar songs that you put on here, like it takes me a couple of listens, and then I'm then I'm like, oh, okay, no, this is really good. I, you know what I think this song would be really good acoustically like, perhaps like just a single guitar and 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 the mantra you know mm-hmm. with it, um, looking at the man in the mirror you know having a one-on-one with Jesus like it's uh I think it would be really cool that way yeah yeah going back to what I was saying just a second ago and I do agree with you I think you know I always love it when uh acoustics and stuff like that when they can do that with it um this, the interesting thing about it is, is it actually gets to the point where the guy starts seeing things more clearly and then he regresses in a couple of songs. And then the song is kind of like where he completely clears his, uh, clears his life up. So you'd, you'd probably think it's interesting with a couple of listens to it. I don't know if that you would love it necessarily because I don't love all of the songs on it, but, um, but it's, it's interesting and it tells a story, which is always fun. I love a good concept album. Moon in Antarctica by uh, Modest Mouse is a good one. And famously, Sergeant Pepper, obviously, an American idiot by Green Day. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, are amazing in the way they tell the story. So, so you've actually intrigued me. Well, there you go. This. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's all I got with it, though. I mean, it's a, it's a good listen, and, and I would recommend uh, checking it out. But otherwise, I think that's all I got on it.
I was I was so disappointed early in the week. Like I was going to tell you, like I'm not a fan of the song, but like I was on the elliptical yesterday and uh, listening to it. And by the way, uh, for those of you listening, uh, our playlists are a great workout accompaniment. Like you know, 30 minutes, get on the bike, get on the elliptical, whatever you know, take a walk. It's a it's perfect for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and it absolutely was this time too. But uh, so I was listening to it and I was like, oh fuck you know just like we were talking about like uh uh wake up slow down reach out look around close your eyes and shut up get back listen that's some good advice for 2020 especially in the next week and a half <laughs> for the next 10 days do all of that <laughs> yes, please <laughs> uh, say please yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right. I think that's it for the week. We will try to do our political show next week, um, you know, and do some songs like that. We'll get a hold of Richie and have him partake, hopefully. So um, anyway, until then, we'll talk to you next week here on Sean and D's Good Tape.